This is Karen with NewClevelandRadio.net, and it is time for Avoid the Maze. I don't know if you all realize it, but the maze is actually life. Uh, we're born, and uh, for some reason, our parents have this set notion of who their baby is going to be, uh, the path that they're going to take. And typically, uh, it's not the same path that mom and dad had in mind for us, uh, and we take a lot of detours along the way. My guest today is Reverend Karen Cleveland, and I think she's got the best name in the world. She's got my name. She's got the name of my city. Um, and, you know, what more can I ask for? So welcome to New Cleveland Radio. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I guess I'm quite the blend, aren't I? Yes, I, you absolutely I... are. And I don't believe what they say about our name. Um, I, I am not the Karen that that identifies with that. Um, exactly. So I invited you to come on. I, I found your bio on Podmatch and there was just something striking in it about the ministry, the spirituality that you bring to your clients. So let's just take a step back from that and, and tell me, was this your dream growing up? Is this who you thought you were going yeah. to morph into? Wow. Right. Uh, not exactly. I, I don't think I ever could have imagined doing this, any of this. So, I mean, the podcast, the ministry, the um, all the different kinds of connection work that I do. So I was raised in a Catholic house and my dad was a Catholic deacon. So I did have the a minister type person in my house, but uh, at the time, I I had no desire. We weren't spiritual by any means in the family. So, you know, it took many years of just kind of knowing or feeling like there's something I'm missing, you know. Something's going on. And I would try different churches, and none of them felt quite right. And, you know, I had kids, and I wanted them to go to church just because of community, mainly. And so looking and looking and looking and then and reading and, and reading things that um, so I had a, a sister that would introduce me to things like psychics and angels and angel readings and that kind of thing. So I was exploring a lot of different things, but I never could quite quite make it fit for me. You know, and, yeah, and it's interesting. There's always somebody around us who offers us uh, something that is more on their path than ours, uh, mm -hmm. hoping that we'll latch on. So yeah. I'm sure that's what she had in mind. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I ended up in the church that I'm at, which is we call the Centers for Spiritual Living, because my brother was actually... Um, a musician for them. And I went to see him play one day. And so it's funny that uh, all, so five kids, Catholic family, and all Catholic on that, the, that side of the family, you know, cousins, everyone. Um, I'm the only one that goes to church. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and it's not and my you know, my brother probably does sometimes still but you know, none of us go to Catholic Church. So it's kind of interesting. Not that there's anything wrong um, at the heart of what 
you know, Catholicism, but uh, I don't always like what people do to religions, any religion. I, I do believe that all religions have a base. You know, we I, I like to honor all paths to God, but um, we all get there different ways, just that, you know, what people do in the process. Absolutely. Um, yeah. and I And I love how you said that because many of us grew up in homes where um, there was some sort of cultural or religious upbringing. Um, I grew up in a very, um, and I would call it not religious, but a traditional Jewish home. Mm. And uh, as a young child, I remember saying to my mother one day, when I get married, mom, I'm going to live right down the street in that house. And on Friday nights, we'll come to your house for dinner. Yeah. And on Sunday, you'll come to my house for brunch because I saw that's how a lot of my family was interacting as they grew up. And it never turned out that way. In fact, my parents moved out of that neighborhood. Oh. So there was no reason that I was going to live down the street right. from them. And as you said, you have five in your family, you're the only one who attends church. Um, I have two brothers and I'm the only one that still has a connection to the synagogue, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't go. Um, uh, and not for any good reason or any bad reason. I just, you know, I, yeah. I find it within. Yeah. Yeah. So going to church, is that what prompted you to start your ministry or? Yeah. So I, I was taking classes. I was exploring in my church and outside my church, uh, all kinds of different, you know, spiritual type books, I would say. And I, I wasn't, um, I, I hit a point in my life that I was not doing very well. I had divorced my second husband. I was broke, <laughs> like, like living, um, from payday loan to payday loan. And I, um, my adult son actually had to come home and live with me because he developed an Ill illness and I was living in, I was renting at the family rate. So extra cheap, um, my niece's single wide motor home or mobile home. And I just kind of felt like a big failure as a mother you know, that my son had to live in this tiny, tiny place with me while he was sick. And, um, and he's fine now. And, um, and so I said, you know what, I've been reading about all these principles, all these practices, I need to actually do them. Because I had done them here and there. And I had some success with, you know, manifesting or connections with God and stuff. Um, and I should say, at the same time, I was also studying to be an animal communicator. And, um, so I said, okay, this is it. I'm doing it. And I made a commitment to myself. I started a morning routine with including all kinds of things like meditation and forgiveness and gratitude and visualization and, and all these different practices. And within a year, I had doubled my income. I bought my own house. I had done all these things that I, I didn't ever think was possible. And so I said, this other people have to know about this, you know, I mean, not that they don't know, but they have to actually do this. <laughs> so 
I nope. want to help people actually do it, you know? First, we need exposure, and then we need to understand how it applies to us. Um, I was podcasting with another gentleman earlier this morning um, who has that same direction. I think most coaches, that is their direction. Mm -hmm. Hey, I've experienced this, but I have found a methodology that got me to a much better place. And my question to him is going to be the same one I'm going to ask you is that um, as listeners are listening to this today, they may go, Oh, that's all woohoo. You know, how do you envision and receive? And I used to be one of those people too. So but I'm not anymore. So can you explain if I came to you as a potential client, um, how you can, I guess, in some way prove to me that uh, it's not about me being in that hamster cage, working, working, and getting right. the same dollars and going nowhere. Right. I think I would start with some like what if statements maybe and and see if we could get to where the dreams used to live inside the soul or still live but uh, maybe don't pay attention to. And I think that's one of the big things is getting back in touch with what is it that really does satisfy us? Because that hamster wheel probably doesn't satisfy us very much. So that's one of the first things is getting back in touch, paying attention to our emotions, I guess is first. So I actually follow, um, just so I can remember it when I'm talking about it, I call it the an evolve process. So first is actually paying attention to our emotions and does this feel good when I do this or it doesn't feel good when I do this, you know, and what feels good and do I feel fear? Do I feel anxiety? Do I just, am I just complacent and I don't want to do it, you know, it, but um, I, I think we really need to pay attention to our body and how it feels. And then, okay, if it doesn't feel good, what does feel good, you know, what, what felt good? What were the dreams we had? What do we want to do? And then why aren't we there? You know, what are the lies we're telling ourselves? The untruths, the stories. Why aren't we there? Such and so I propose to you then yeah. once we're at that point, it's like, what if you were, you know, what would that be like? And you know, I, I love I love that comment, you know, the lies we tell ourselves. Uh, before I started doing this full time, I was working in corporate America up at a college. Um, I was helping students figure out the path that was best for them. Um, my bosses didn't like what I did because there were a number of students that I recommended that this wasn't the right path ah. just by asking those what if questions. Yeah. Um, and I loved what I did because even those individuals would come back and see me a year or so later and say, you know what? You asked me those questions. I saw a whole new world. This is what I'm doing now. And that was great success for me. But That's the college, fantastic. you know, was like, you know, you lost their tuition. Um, 
So I, I had to leave because every Friday we would be in a group setting and they would ask us a different week weekly question. And sometimes it was, what is your favorite food? Uh, what is your favorite music? And I just didn't like the culture mm. so much that every time we come to me, I'd go, I don't know, you know. And week after week, I don't oh. know. And my son was going to college there. He's And one day after work, as he was driving me home, he goes, you're really depressed. Oh. And I said, maybe. And he goes, it's not maybe. You are unhappy. You used to love coming to work. I said, when I'm behind that closed door and I'm working with a student, I love what I'm doing. I said, the other things I just can't handle. And he goes, then you got to make a change. Wow. And his tuition was being paid for if I stayed. Mm -hmm. um, I was making more than my husband at the time. And it was like, how do I go home and tell my husband I'm going to quit my right. job? Now we're going to have tuition to pay and we're not going to have my salary. Um, and it took me about six months to finally confront him and he looked at me he goes well it's about time oh man wow so everybody around me was noticing what i was going through um but it was a dear friend who was coaching who said to me so what is it that you want to do and for weeks my answer was i don't know i don't know and then i was offered an opportunity to blog for a company. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about them, didn't know their culture, had to learn it. But they told me I had free will in my writing. Mm -hmm. And that's where it really started for me because I was researching and sharing and knowing that there was probably at least one reader that was getting right. something out of it. Right. Yeah. That's... That's fantastic, though. I mean, all those students you helped and, you know, some of the parents might not have been happy either. Yeah, <laughs> I got but, a few calls. But yeah. um, I mean, that's yeah, that's life's work right there. You know, it didn't work in the in the place you were doing it, but that's fantastic. Good for you. So I'm glad to hear that your son recovered. Yeah, that was that was wonderful. Um, was it? The fact that you were living in this small rented space, it wasn't really where you wanted to be. Um, maybe you felt that you weren't taking as good care of your son as you would have if you would have had a nicer place. Was it all those things that finally said, hey, I got to get out of this? It was. And I felt like life had control over me. Like I, it was just happening to me and you know, I, I was just bouncing from one, one problem to the next. I, I just felt like, you know what, I, I feel completely out of control. Not that we actually have control of our lives, but I just felt completely at will of, I didn't know what, you know, and, um, and it wasn't good. And I knew I had to, to take some proactive action because yeah, I felt really bad that, um, 
I couldn't provide a more nurturing environment or what I felt was a more nurturing environment. And I was just feeling beat up. Yeah. And we can get beat up by so many different things. And as I've said over and over again, I know I beat myself up thinking mm -hmm. that other people are thinking those things about me. Mm -hmm. um, and I have learned that to be vulnerable in sharing that, I have found people have said, no, I wasn't thinking that. And right. it's like another weight that gets off my shoulder. Nice. So yeah. tell me about how do clients find you? I mean, I'm sure you don't have a big sign on the corner that says spiritual um, healer or. <laughs> so how do they find you? And how I do don't, they... but, but every time I drive past one of those signs, <laughs> I think now, what are they doing in there anyway? What should I? <laughs> Actually, we have somebody um maybe about a mile up the street uh they live off of a main road and big sign spiritual healer and the parking lot is always full so oh. uh, i have no idea i've thought about walking in there but yeah you know, yeah i'm a little bit nervous <laughs> yeah <laughs> so um the way people find me, lots of different ways, mostly word of mouth. And now um, now some podcasts too, as I've started, you know, I have my own. And then as I've started being on other podcasts, probably, you know, it's not a huge part of the business, but I actually, so I mentioned I was also doing animal communication and it turns out a lot of people that took my classes or that were my clients as um, an animal communicator are also interested in this. So I have, I mean, not a lot, but I have some people that come to me um, through that, through through newsletters, that kind of thing. And I actually, so I belong to, I have my own personal ministry, but I also belong to a Seattle church and I teach a lot of classes for them. Um, I A lot of financial classes, especially. So um, those are always widely advertised and you know, the pandemic has, for those of us that are online, has really benefited us to some degree because yes. um, people have gotten used to it. Now, I am doing some in-person classes coming up in the next year, but uh, but it's so easy now to just <laughs> hop on well, a Zoom and, and teach a class or talk to a client or, you know, anywhere in the world. Well, and I think the the best thing that I have found that came out of the pandemic was people are not as afraid to get on, whether it be Zoom or Team or yeah. um, even a, a FaceTime. Right. Um, and what it does, it broadens our choices of different coaches. You know, yeah. if, yeah. if it was going to be a one-on-one, -on -one, then I'd be looking in in and around my community. Uh, and, you know, then I'm driving there and driving back. And, you know, a lot of us are getting, you know, do I have to put all those miles on my car? Do I have yeah. to spend the gas? And the others, I know this sounds silly. They prefer the one-on-one -on -one, and that's great. But now we have those choices. Um, exactly. <clears throat> so 
I am really interested in what is animal communication and how do you learn it? <laughs> so yeah. I, you know, I completely believe in the interconnectedness of all life, actually all things, not just life, which, which it might sound weird to some people, but the mountains, the rivers. Um, but anyways, so we're all energy and we can connect with other beings on an energetic level. And if you know, whether or not you identify as an empath or it's certainly a word we've heard about a lot and we can, we can feel the feelings, um, of other beings. And sometimes we will walk through someone's energy, angry energy or happy energy and not even realize it, but we can do it intentionally. So I, I, I started with um, talking to pets, people's pets. I, I took classes and here's the thing. So I was, um, my kids were in high school and we had a dog and cats. And I would always say to my, my kids, all of them, Hey buddy, the dog, Hey buddy wants you to do this. Buddy wants you to do that. Hey buddy wants you to do this. And one day my daughter just stopped me and she's like, mom, how do you know what buddy wants? And I'm like, what do you mean? How do it's like, well, how do you not know? It's like, this explains so much that, you guys are never doing anything for the dog. How do you not know what he wants? So I thought, well, I don't know. Is there something there? I, I don't know. So I took some classes and uh, it, you know, it turns out when you focus and, and if you're open to it and if you practice, it's something that can be done and it's a lot of fun and it's helpful. Um, but it, but it's also, so my, what I expect like of pets and the same with people, it's kind of like a mirror reflection of how we expect the universe to react to us. So are we, are we truly expecting something or we just want it? And our pets will do the same thing. Do we truly expect them to stay off the table or do we just want them to stay off the table? So, and I actually, um, so now I'm also taking people on safaris and doing the same kind of thing. So, oh, how wonderful. Yeah. yeah. It's so that whole aspect of things is, has, has shifted a little bit. So when I did my work, um, you know, the, the event that led to the big, I call it my big transformation when I bought my house and everything, I also went to on safari for the first time and I had no idea it was going to transform everything, the trajectory of my life, you know, that I now take people on safari and that I actually met a man on safari and, you know, remarried and, you know, lived happily ever after. But um, so, yeah, uh, there's connections and there's, there's a lot of studies. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake does studies about dogs that know when their owners are coming home. It's, it's fascinating information. Well, I haven't had an animal for quite a long time. I was um, my early, early teens, I think I was. Um, but it's interesting because I don't think we thought of the fact that we were, that we sort of knew what the dog wanted. Uh -huh. um, but there were five of us in the household and um, all five of us would even say, you know, uh, is his name was Ruach, and we'd say, you know, Ru Ruach needs to eat, and 
my mother would say, well, didn't you feed them earlier? And I'd go, no, forgot to. <laughs> okay. But didn't think of that until I saw the dog maybe doing something. And it's like, oh, this poor dog needs to eat. And right. nobody volunteered that they had fed them. Um, right. And it was little things. Um, and he, we had him go to the kennel um, for a weekend because we all went out of town and we came home, picked him up. Um, he had picked up some sort of disease at the oh. kennel and we didn't know it right away. Yeah, but we all sent something different in him, which I oh. thought was interesting. He always used to sleep with my brother until he got sick. He started sleeping at the foot of my bed, huh. had never done that before. Um, and then right before we had to put him down, he would stay right next to my mother when she'd walk in the house he would just cling to her. And it was almost like, even though all of us participated with him, my one brother did the most. Mm. And I, it was almost like he had to get to know all of us before his time was up. Interesting. Oh, wow. So um, I do believe that we have those connections. I'm sad that in school, we don't teach the fact that we are energy. Right. Because, yeah. you know, we all think, oh, this is who I am. I have my emotions. They have nothing to do with anybody else, but they do. Yeah. And even if we don't say them out loud, yeah, we can feel them. Um, I can always tell when my one son is going to call me. Now he calls me numerous times during the day. Yeah. But even before the phone rings. Yeah. And I'll go my gosh, he knows I'm working and I'll see it pop up. Yeah. Um, but I also get the feeling when that happens, when he really has to talk to me. Uh -huh. And so I know that as soon as I am done with the show, I have to go call him. And right. so there is energy in this world. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, you said your biggest transformation was when you were able to buy your own home, okay? Was that really on your on your compass path that this is what I'm going to do to start my life and build it? Um, well, part of it. So I, th I think one of the reasons is I, I attribute it as such a major milestone for me is that I fully believed I could never do it as a single woman. And I had all these beliefs about too expensive, bad credits for no, um, what do they call it? Down payment. You know, I had all these beliefs about why I could not do it. So I had to do a significant amount of mindset work and, and inspired action actually a, a combination of everything. So the mindset work and listening to my guidance and acting on it and calling the people that it's like, Oh, why don't you call this person? It's like, why should I call that person? But doing it and finding out why I should call that person later. So I just think it, it, for me personally, it had a lot of, um, a lot of the pr principles and the practices 
involved in order for me to do it. And of course, now it's like, well, single women buy their own house all the time. But, you know, for somehow it just seemed way too overwhelming to me that I'd never be able to do something, something like that. Well, it's interesting because somebody brought up to me not too long ago, um, because I was born in the 50s, and they said, do you know women couldn't have their own credit cards till late in the 60s? And I thought, no, my mother had credit cards. And then I thought about it. They all had my dad's name on it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I never had put it together. And they said, yeah, it was in the late sixties. And my mother, I realized didn't open up her own first credit card till the eighties. Wow. So, um, you know, women, yeah. And women can do things, but again, that's that mindset that maybe Mm -hmm. we were brought up with. Um, and you know, we can't blame people for telling us something in the past because that was their truth. Right. Exactly. Um, And so one of the things that I truly have learned in coaching, never learned it in therapy, Uh, in therapy, (laughs) I could blame my mother, blame my father, whoever. Um, but I realized that Blaming has nothing to do with it. It makes it worse. Yeah. What the best way to, to move forward is to pick yourself up and take yeah. one step. And, you know, even the most depressed individual, if we can get you to stand up out of that chair, off that couch, out of bed, you've made the movement to move forward. Right. Uh, so, your clients now are a combination of individuals who are connecting with either nature um, and more so with themselves. So how do they find you? I mean, I know you're teaching classes, okay, um, and you have a podcast, but there are so many podcasts out there. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And that's one of the things that, you know, I don't even worry about anymore. Uh, it's like, if you tune in, that's wonderful. If you don't, I get something out of it. Uh, right. But what is the best way for somebody to find you? So uh, on the uh, on the interwebs, as they say, um, I do have, well, I'm, I'm active on Facebook, um, a little bit on IG at Rev Karen Cleveland. So RevKarenCleveland.com, um, Facebook slash Rev Karen Cleveland, or I think that's how it is. So I am out there quite a bit. I I have a big um page, Rev Karen Cleveland page, where I, you know, I do some promos, of course, podcast promos, but I do a lot of some of the affirmative type prayers and just some helpful hits. I I actually have a little group that just or accidentally started for a, an abundance and prosperity group, just sharing practices or motivation about, you know, the next step, what, you know, what's going to motivate you to take action today or to be grateful today, or what are you grateful for? So, um, yeah, but my website is where information is at, you know, revkarencleveland.com that, 
has what what I have upcoming. It's not always up to date, but it's mostly up to date. Well, you know, keeping things up to date is very difficult in today's world. Um, yeah. Last week, I kept saying I'm going to get everything up to date, and I started doing that, and uh, I got hijacked by something else. Yeah. And uh, but you know what? It's all good. I yeah. At one time, I would have gotten upset with myself. Yeah. And now it's, you know what? I'm human. So I am going to make some mistakes and I'll learn from them. So I never announce ahead of time that everything online is going to be up to date by a certain <laughs> day because that would be the worst thing for me. Um, it's a goal. Yep. It is a goal. <laughs> is there one tool that you can offer our listeners um, that they can put you know, into their bag of um, bag that's going to help them move forward. I think so. Yeah. Because we're energy and what we want is probably vibrating at a different energy than where we're at. And if it was lower than us, we wouldn't want it. We've already been there. So it's going to be a higher thing. And the way we need to get there is through joy, happiness, laughter. So I recommend that everyone starts any kind of practice, a meditation practice, a visualization practice, gratitudes, anything. Start it with 20 seconds of joy. And and I, I teach this by bringing to mind. And so having, having a list of things is good of what just makes you laugh when you think of it, an event you had with friends, or, you know, sometimes I use my dog because, you know, when he doesn't want to take a bath or, um, with just, what is anything food, you know, music, movie, doesn't matter what it was, anything that makes you laugh and just hold that feeling for just 20 seconds. And that will like kickstart you into that upper vibration just to help you move forward faster. Well, now I understand why my brothers and I always woke up with a smile because my father, when he was getting ready for work, the first thing he'd do is look in the mirror in the bathroom and he'd bellow, good morning, handsome. <laughs> and it woke us all up. And we, we would laugh. We, you know, yeah. and I didn't realize how much I missed that yeah. until about a year ago, I was sharing that on a podcast and I thought, oh, you know, none of us woke up cranky. Uh, we would wake up thinking we were cranky because he woke us up. Yeah. yeah. But it was like, well, like, aren't you a little bit conceited, dad? Yeah. But he always <laughs> said to us, look, at if you don't think highly of yourself nobody else will uh -huh. and he was Very good. he's absolutely correct yeah absolutely well I, yeah wherever, i think yeah. it's really important to to start with that that's great maybe i'll start doing that <laughs> even just thinking of your dad doing that makes me smile so yeah, yeah, yeah. i now i i use it as my energy when i start getting down um mm -hmm. you know uh, I had somebody last week who called me because they said they were going to help build my po my podcast that we do here. And um, they were just like cutting me down step by step. 
Oh. And I, you know, because instead of doing that, you should be doing this. And it was like, some of it made sense, but hey, why don't you just say, you may want to try this rather than saying this is no good. Um, I'll get that. I'll get the hint. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But they started and I just like started laughing and I said, um, you know what? Not everything I do is bad. So if you want to send me those tips, I'll be more than glad to look at the positive side of it. And they hung up. They just didn't want to talk to me anymore. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So I think they were trying to say, hey, we can do this so much better than you. Right. And maybe they could. But, you know, let's let's not do that to each other. Yeah. Let's, you know, yeah. let's talk about the positives. Yeah, exactly. Well, exactly. I'm so glad you joined me today from Seattle, one of my favorite cities in the whole world. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't like driving around Seattle, but I like being there. No, um, I hate driving around Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been t- a pleasure to be here. Thank Absolutely. you so much. And you yeah. take care and all your information will be in the show notes. So if anybody wants to find you, please check out Reverend Karen Cleveland. Have a great right. day. Bye-bye Thank now. you. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks.